Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Ariel Pacheco to answer your questions, including what would the ideal R.J. Barrett trade be? Would a return to Canada make sense? What's the Knicks record going to look like over their next 20 games? And finally, our favorite defensive lineup from the Knicks this season. All that and more starting right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Stops. Yes. Puck left. Now fires the three. And he's good. And he's fouled. And he's fouled. Anthony for three. You are Locked On Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepix.com, promo code Locked On. And we want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day. We are now available on all platforms, and that includes, you guessed it, on YouTube. But who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. Typically, I'd be joined by Alex Wolf, but he is on a lovely vacation this week. So I am lucky enough to uh, have the fantastic company of Ariel Pacheco. Um, you guys know it, one of my favorite people to have on this podcast. Uh, you can check him out at A Pacheco MBA on Twitter where he does Nick's film breakdowns. Um, they come after essentially every single game. Um, some of them are a couple of minutes with audio. Some of them are just individual clips. And uh, Ariel breaks it down in a way very few other people can. And now he's here to answer your questions. So let's get into it with Ariel right now on Locked on Nick's. All right, guys, as promised, I'm joined by the man, the myth, Ariel Pacheco. Ariel, how's it going, man? Thank you for joining me as always. We always have you on for game recaps, so I thought I'd vary it up and throw some mailbag questions your way. Yes, we got to switch it up, but I'm glad to be here. I always have fun hopping on, on Locked On, so... Let's get you're, started. I'm ready whenever you are. <laughs> you're, you're, you're very, very patient as I, I brutally misspelled your name on the graphic a couple of times. So I, I, I appreciate that, but we'll, we'll keep it moving. Uh, first question comes from uh, Joel Robertson at JD Robo 23, sick handle. Um, if RJ was on the trade block, what realistic offers could we expect? So I thought, I thought the best way to do this because it is, it is a very reasonable question given how he's played this year, but also kind of a crazy one given the extension that he just signed given uh what he still means to this franchise i think and given that i i don't really have any clue what the market would be for him so i i came up with a list of teams that i thought would be semi-realistic some some specific deals some just team names just let me know what you think so so the first one i'm going to throw at you is is an upgrade returning rj to his native canada a deal for og ananobi if you're watching on youtube you can see the trade up on your screen, um, it, it is the Knicks getting OG Ananobi. It is the Raptors getting RJ, Jakob Pertl from the Spurs. And I initially had Quentin Grimes in there, but I, I thought people would flame me. So I switched it to Emmanuel quickly. And then the Spurs just basically getting some flotsam, including Otto Porter, Precious Achua, and a, a protected first-round pick from the Knicks uh, for their troubles. I think the Knicks would probably do this pretty quickly without a lot of thought. My question is, like, would that make any sense for Toronto to buy low on RJ to add some shooting and defense when they need both those things. I mean, defense would be adding to his strength, obviously shooting. They really need um, in a manual quickly. 
plus getting the center they've coveted for a while in Pirtle, um, but giving up maybe a rising star in Ananobi in the process? Uh, Ananobi might be defensive player of the year. He's definitely in the conversation so far, yeah. the first 20 games or, or however many. But I don't know. I think I think they, they do come out pretty good there just because they're getting Jakob, they're getting a young guard, two young guards and, and RJ and quickly. I'm not sure if they swing that deal. It feels like OG is a guy that's like always been swirling in rumors and he's like, it might be the year he gets traded and then he just yeah. takes around another year. Very um Miles Turner esque. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. but um it's hard to just gauge RJ's like trade value right now because it's like he's clearly playing bad on both ends. He's clearly struggling. And there's been a couple of like, you know, sometimes you see the light at the end of the tunnel, but it's getting harder to see at times. Um I I didn't have a specific deal in my mind when I imagined it. I kind of just thought like teams would be if he continued at kind of playing at the rate that he's playing right now is how I took it. And I it reminds me of like a deal that the Mavericks and the Wizards did last year where like it's like two distressed assets where they're trading Kristaps for Spencer Dinwiddie and like Davis Bertans. I kind of thought it's like, okay, this guy clearly has talent. It's not like he's like, you know, there, there's nothing to to kind of give you any like positive implication that he can't figure it out. I just think that it's more of a situation where maybe he needs like a change of, scen- change of scenery or maybe a team would believe he needs a change of scenery. I just think with the amount of money he's owed in the future, now that he signed that extension, it's going to be hard for a team to to really like swing that deal unless they have like a lot of belief in him. Yeah, I think I think the Raptors would almost be more likely to do that deal if you put Quentin Grimes in there instead of R.J. Barrett Probably. just because their offense is already so clunky and and throwing R.J. into that mix feels feels a little poisoned, though yeah. um, maybe maybe just uh, Canada's favorite son, uh, that, that factor could – could get it done. But for the Knicks, um, I don't know for me, like, like I would be reticent to include Grimes in that kind of trade, but if you're, you're getting off RJ for, for OG and like, obviously it hurts to lose quickly. Like, I don't know. I, I just, I like the idea of the Knicks having a true two way wing, which I don't think they totally have right now. Yeah. OG would be, if they were to somehow get like OG alongside Quentin Grimes, like that perimeter defense alongside a guy like Jalen Brunson. And I do think there is room for like a guy like OG and Anobi to, to kind of spread his wings a little more offensively. Um, he's shown some flashes as well. Um, but it, it does feel like a lot to give up for like RJ and quickly, just because RJ means so much to the franchise. I think he's their guy and they gave him the contract. Um, I think, like realistically speaking, they'll they'll he'll he'll get as many chances as possible to figure it out in New York, I believe. Yeah, I it feels like one of those trades where both teams kind of walk up to the line and then are ultimately like, nah, we can't really do this. But I'm I'm with you. I think even even though he's having the best offensive season of his career, there's still some untapped potential there with OG. All right, so I I just kept going through teams. Um, Indiana initially, I was like, oh, they they would want to buy low on him, but they're not trading uh, Hallie or Matherin, so there's nothing really to be done there. Um, for the Wizards, I came up with with kind of a crazy one. Uh, RJ and Julius for uh, our guy, Kristaps Porzingis, coming home and, and Johnny Davis. Uh, is that is that crazy? That's probably crazy for both sides. I mean, KP's playing so well for the Wizards right now. I don't even know if they'd want to move off of him. But yeah. maybe, maybe they see RJ as like, all right, like young wing to put next to Bradley Beal. Randall could replicate some of that production. Or probably Knicks fans are like, are you crazy? That's like our two best guys. It's too much. for and, and obviously, KP, there would be some issues with him coming back to New York. Yeah, I think despite the ill will, 
that people have towards Porzingis, I think people kind of have more ill will towards Julius right now. So people, <laughs> people might, people might like be willing to swing that deal just off those two. You're just saying time. like enemy of the enemy is my friend type of situation. Exactly. Yeah, it's like <laughs> we hate him a little less, but um, I think overall, like Porzingis would be an upgrade over Julius right now, just the way that both of them are playing. I do think Julius is having a pretty like decent season like especially offensively it's the defensive aspect of him that's kind of like really tanking his value like just as a player right now um but the rj you get you get a swing at johnny davis he hasn't looked too good to start but it's only been like 20 games not gonna overreact to that small sample size it's a fun idea i i, I don't think either <laughs> team does it though i like yeah. it would be so hard for the knicks to sell that <laughs> all, right, all right that one that one i'm pushing all right let me, it's let, a me, fun let, me one, though. let me throw let me throw one more uh, kind of crazy one at you then we can hey what's up guys when we come back with ariel i want to continue finishing up this discussion on where rj barrett could potentially be dealt but before we get into that i want to tell you tonight I think I'm going to take RJ to maybe this is ironic given given the conversation, but I, I'm feeling a good game for him. I'm going over 18 points for RJ Barrett. I'm going over eight and a half rebounds for Julius Randle. And you know what? I'm I'm going, I'll say it. I'm saying it. Over six and a half assists for Jalen Brunson. Why am I doing those random things? It's because of prize picks. All you have to do is pick two to six players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. 25 times. No competing against other people, just you versus the projections available. PrizePix offers projections on any sport you can watch. That includes the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. What does more mean? How could there be more? Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals, and it's currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. We can move on unless unless you have any other ideas. This one I have, I have a screenshot for. If you're, if you're watching on YouTube, go watch on YouTube if you aren't. Uh, the New York Knicks get Malik monk um from the sacramento kings um in addition to a top five pick uh from last year's draft in keegan murray um mm -hmm. the kings get rj barrett and initially i just had them getting rj barrett and then i was like all right that's probably too little for a top five pick in murray so i threw emmanuel quickly in there now now some would say that's too much i would argue if you if you're getting monk you don't really have room for quickly anyways um, the Spurs have been my go-to just uh, throw-in team as they have all the cap room yeah. in the world. Um, and so they're just getting flots and maybe they get, they get a couple second round picks, but they're, they're just, you're trading a few more guys in there to make it work. But for the Knicks, I think you, even though you're dealing quickly, you drastically upgrade your shooting, you upgrade your creation with Monk. You're losing some defense. So Keegan Murray, I think has some upside on that. And I, I just really love the mold of like another big shooter um, next to Obi Toppin and Mitchell Robinson. Um, and I, I just, I think, I, I, I was kind of, I guess, getting into this with OG, but the Knicks either need a really complete two-way wing or they need a three that can just – is big and can guard up a position and can just shoot the heck out of the basketball to kind of space around like a future OB Mitch front court, or even if you're going to keep Julius to space around Julius and, and Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely get the idea behind the deal. Um, again, I don't think either team does it just because I think teams are very reluctant to trade, like especially like a top five pick in the first year of a deal. That'd be crazy. Especially just, when they're doing yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's like no reason to go. Like 
that would be like ultra kings just to like mess up the vibes there <laughs> so maybe it's the right yeah. team for it <laughs> exactly yeah maybe they will do it but um yeah but I, I see the vision behind it um it would be hard to give up rj and and quickly i think in the same deal um but i don't, I don't hate i don't like hate the idea of it i do get the idea of like trying to get a big wing who can who can really shoot because that's definitely what the knicks need right now i think they're still probably 30th and and three-point shooting this season so you know, I should have thrown like a really crazy one at you just to see if you would have been nice and been like, yeah, you know, I can talk myself into that. I, I don't know, man. You're, <laughs> you're too nice. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if these are crazy or not, but um, yeah, we can we can keep it moving. But I, I think uh, just just to just to conclude this this portion of the conversation, it's hard to trade R.J. Barrett because we, we were talking about it pre-show a little, but I have no idea if teams see him as like, wow, he's a victim of everything the Knicks have have done wrong. And building this team, he's a victim of Julius Randle. He's a victim of Tom Thibodeau, and he is still an outstanding talent. And and there's a real window here to buy super super low on him, and and he could go somewhere else in in two years, be an all star. Or if teams are looking at him and saying he's like he might just be a bench guy, um, and and he might not be more than that, and the Knicks screwed up giving him that contract. Or very likely, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, judging his value right now is just difficult. I think we just need like more of a sample size to see like like maybe reevaluate it at the All Star break, see how he's playing. Like if he's still playing at uh, like this very like kind of disappointing level, I, I think teams are gonna be a lot more iffy. Um, but if you're like if we're like judging this question off like today, like we're making a deal, it's very difficult to like understand how teams are viewing it. But I doubt teams would overvalue a twenty game sample size. But I do think they would also like use that 20 game sample size to try to get them for cheaper, if that makes sense. All right. So speaking of 20 game sample size, that that is that is what we touch on in our next Perfect question. Segue. Yeah, Jordan. Yeah, you, you're, you're good at this, man. You need you need a pot. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Bub at Bub Jordan. Um, he said, based on what you saw, he says the first 20 games, it's now up to 24 games. Uh, what trend do you think the Knicks will go for in the next 20 games? Would it be a positive trend or negative trend? What would be their record after the next 20 games? So, Aria, what? What direction do you think the Knicks are moving in? Um, do, you, do you sense any like type of stabilization? Like Fred Katz of The Athletic wrote about this today. The Knicks are fairly predictable in that they beat bad teams and they lose to good teams, but the way they go about it is, is absolutely nuts. Yeah, that's the perfect way to put it, actually. Um, the trend that I think will continue is that the Knicks are going to keep struggling to like string together wins and beat the good teams. Um, I think the uneven, unevenness in play is mostly like a product of like kind of they lose on the margins it's the little things especially when they're in these close games um their offense gets very predictable it's just mismatch hunting and if Brunson doesn't have it going at the end of the game it gets very hard for them to score baskets in the half court um but yeah I, I just think it's gonna be a lot of this where we're like ugly losses and then like even the wins feel a little like you got a bad taste in your mouth like I just think the, the the I'm not a big believer in Tom Thibodeau and the coaching. Um, so I just think they lose a lot on the margins in the middle of the games where they have these leads where they're up like, you know, 12, 14 points, and then it's gone in a second. Um, and I think the adjustments come a little too slow. So I, I definitely think we're just going to keep seeing this like, up and down that, that we have seen for the first what, 24 games. And I'm guess, guessing based on that comment, you're, you're not really optimistic that there's going to be a change made in the coaching department anytime soon. Not anytime soon, unless it gets really ugly. Um, it, it just sounds like, I think Ian Begley said the other day that uh, Leon Rolls is like very attached to Tom mm-hmm. Thibodeau, um, which I understand. I think they had a personal relationship before he was ever hired. Yeah, he was, um, he was his agent, if I'm remembering. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I just think 
it's gonna take a lot. Like it's gonna take a couple ugly like home losses where they get like booed off. I think for for something to happen. Um, and then until then, I think it's just gonna be like status quo. Yeah, he's almost he's almost an evil genius in that every time they have one of those horrible losses, they they pull it together. They have a gutsy effort. I've been seeing, uh, I, I, I've been I know our guy joking that yeah. he's he has like voodoo magic and stuff. Prez, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. It. Exactly. Yeah, and it feels like and he's he's right. Like it feels like every time they really need to win, the other team's best or second best player is just mysteriously out with an injury. Nik- Nikola Jokic, and yeah. <laughs> it just happens. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that could be the real reason Tibbs never married. His house is just full of voodoo dolls of every every player in the league, um, and maybe he's, he's accidentally been poking the the RJ and Julius ones. Um, but but I, I just I kind of wanted to just go through like the upcoming schedule real quick because I think it's it's semi manageable where where you could talk yourself into them going on a run, right? They play Atlanta. Um, I I guess it'll it'll be tonight when this podcast comes out. They play Charlotte on Friday, very winnable. The Kings obviously a lot better, better, but not certainly not an impossible game. Two games against the Bulls, like now's a good time to play the Bulls. They're really struggling. Then you get the Pacers. Golden State at home, that's tough. Toronto at home, that's tough. Then you get the Bulls again. Um, you get Philly, Dallas, San Antonio, Houston, Phoenix, San Antonio, uh, Toronto. And that's that, that gets you to approximately 20 games. Like there's like talent-wise, they should go maybe 12 and 8 over that stretch. But like you, I, I just I don't think I have any confidence from night to night. And to me, the big, I think this is kind of what you're getting at, but the biggest point of vacillation is that they just give up so many threes. It really just comes down to like, if the other team's having a hot shooting night and and can hit open shots or not. Yeah. Literally like last night against the Cavaliers, the Cavaliers got a bunch of good looks. They just, they weren't hitting like Donovan Mitchell missed a bunch of good looks that he normally makes. Um, So a lot of it is going to come down to like, which kind of, it's kind of bogs down the conversation to just say it's like luck, three point shooting luck. But a lot of it, that that's kind of the next scheme right now is they give up those corner threes a lot. So if the team's hitting that night, they're, they're going to get blown out of the water, just like it happened against in that OKC game where they lost. Yeah, and, and I guess, I mean, the adjustments that are, are trying to be made now is to potentially get a little bit more Deuce McBride in there, which which could help in that. But you're you're obviously you're losing something on the other end there where the Knicks had a, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch on this in either a second or, or our next show, but in, in terms of the Knicks' best defensive line is, but they had a four-minute stretch when those young guys were running defending their butts off where they didn't score the basketball. So it, it feels like, and, and this is where you feel sympathy for Tibbs, like there, there's, there's a cost to like any move that decreases that variance um, outside of maybe playing R.J. Barrett uh, less, which doesn't appear to be on the table. Uh, right now or, or Julius Randle less at points which doesn't appear to be on the table right now yeah exactly uh, um RJ Barrett had a 20 minute half against the, the first half against the Cavs and, and yeah. he was, it was probably his worst half of the season or, or up there well the travel well the traveling calls didn't help him but that's a different story <laughs> yeah all right um uh, let, let, let's get to one more um it comes from Michael Shane at uh I, I don't even know what's going on with this name. I think it's at Neb Sook is what I'm going with. It's A-T-N-E-B-S-O-O-K. I'm going at Neb Sook. At Neb Sook wants to know. Um, I don't know how you get there from Michael Shane, but you know what? He'll, he'll tell us in the comments. Um, what has been your favorite five-man defensive lineup this season? Which which game was it from? Uh, Ariel, I don't know about you. My, my mind just, just flashed to the lineup we got last night, which was IQ, Deuce, Grimes, Obi Hart. But did you, did you have a different one? Um, it was the exact same lineup, but instead of Hart, it was Robinson. He was in for a couple of seconds, so I'm 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 cheating and I'm using You're that. You're going one. with that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but if the question was like, if it were up to me, like which lineup would I use? It's we, we actually have same. that question uh, next. Oh, next okay, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'll hold off. I'll hold off. I'll hold off on it. But yeah, I, I do think that lineup is just the the amount of perimeter defense, the ability to just switch 
Um, their communication is just seamless. The way they execute is just it's like flawless. And then in, in the occasion that they do mess up, they got Mitchell Robinson in the back just, just holding down the paint. So I just really like how that – it's mostly that four. Um, I, I just used Obi because Obi was in the game. But that four of quickly McBride, Grimes, and Robinson, I, I just think that's like you can build a real legitimate defense with that with that four. Let me let me throw this your way. Do you think this seems impossible? Because it's like saying like, could you could you make the Grinch happy? But if you put Julius in that lineup instead of Obi and and went to a little bit more of a switch heavy screen, which I know with with Robert, like maybe maybe then you have to put Sims instead of Mitch if you want a little bit more mobility in there as well. Um, but do you think those guys could kind of infect Julius with like their effort defensively? I- because it's, it's it's a weird thing, right, where, where Obi fits in so well because he is exceptionally smart and he tries really hard on that end. But Julius is almost a higher ceiling option if he can yep, play yeah. like that. Yeah, if you get if you get the engaged Julius, he's a legitimately, like, good switch defender. Like, if you remember that that Atlanta series when he got to switch on to Trey Young, Trey Young couldn't shake him. Um, it's just you don't know if you're going to get the engaged version. But if you do, the ceiling is, like you said, it's a lot higher than it is with Obi. But I do think Obi gives you the better floor of, like, you know, you know, at minimum, you're going to get effort. And he's going to at least try to be in the right spots. With Julius, it's more of a, like, is he in the mood? Is he in the right mood to, to, to play some defense? But I, I agree with you completely, though. Yeah, I was just gonna, he had some like just the last two games he had good, like he had one possession where he totally locked Luca up and and you could tell Luca was like yeah. wait this guy is like I, I can't bully this guy and he's pretty much as fast as me like what do I really do here and then and then like two minutes later Julius was like oh butterfly and then and then he yeah. lost it but it was like a good <laughs> good good little stretch and then um he he got Garland to just throw the ball away with. I think that mm-hmm. was in the final two minutes of the game. Like he, mm-hmm. like guys of different sizes, like there's, I mean, that's, it's, it's like, we don't, I don't want to get depressed. So I don't want to talk about it too much, but there, there's just so much talent uh, defensively there for, for Julius Randall. But uh, that'll wrap up this part one. Uh, we will be back on Friday morning with a part two. Uh, Ariel though, before I, before I let you go, uh, can, can you just tell everyone uh, where they can find all your work? Um, so you could just follow me on Twitter at a Pacheco NBA. Anything I do or post or any video breakdowns I do are always on my Twitter. So just follow me there. All right, we we said it last time. We'll, we'll say it again for any time you missed it. You, you now 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 video breakdowns with with audio with commentary, which is which is a lot of fun and allows you to get in captions. Wow, it's a whole new world. <laughs> um, allows allows you to get a little bit more in depth. So, uh, but fear not. Uh, if, if you enjoyed this one, we'll be back with Ariel Friday morning for another episode of Locked On Knicks.